to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. And right before the podcast started rolling, Caroline and I were just swapping our recent ghosting stories. Yeah. Because, uh, are, are we ghosters? Yeah. 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 I, um, I love ghosting in the context of a party. Because why should you go around and say goodbye to everybody? Well, I guess you should. If to it's be like, polite. Yeah. I guess, but I mean, that, trust me, if I've ever ghosted your birthday party, <clears throat> Matt, hey, if you're listening, um, has way more to do with me feeling awkward or in the case of my friend Matt's bar hopping birthday party, like way too drunk. I don't really, as I was telling Kristen, I don't really drink that much anymore. And um, I certainly do not bar hop anymore. And uh, we went bar hopping for Matt's birthday and I just got too drunk. I don't know what happened. Alcohol. I drank alcohol. I am judging you so hard right now, Caroline. I know, but we got to this one bar and it was like, it's definitely, (laughs) I'm such an old lady at 32, but it was definitely a younger person's bar with like really loud music and lots of like college students dancing on each other. And I was like, can't do this. You didn't want to get up in that mix? Oh, touching people. So I just sort of, I just sort of walked out. You ghosted. I ghosted. Uh, yeah, I gotta say I'm a fan of, of ghosting as well. If there are enough people around to yeah. where I assume my presence wouldn't be missed. Right. I'm not gonna, if it's like me and my friend, I'm not just gonna. <laughs> right. Be like, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. <laughs> I gotta go buy a pack of cigarettes. <laughs> Never coming back. Um, but then I try to follow up the ghosting with the text of, had such a, such a good time. Had to dash. I should have done that. Heart emojis. There was a lot of hangover recovery the next day, though. There you go. Well, what we're what we're establishing here <laughs> is that many of us have probably ghosted in one way or another. And if you haven't heard the term ghosting before, it does apply to both social contexts like uh, leaving a friend's birthday party yeah. without saying goodbye or in more relationship contexts of pulling a slow fade, right. uh, just... Going out for the old pack of cigarettes and never coming back. Daddy. Essentially, it refers to just disappearing, whether it is for the short term, like we do sometimes with our friends, or for the long term, like Charlize Theron did, allegedly, to Sean Penn. Who wouldn't? (laughs) Which made the New York Times. Yeah, you know a thing is over. (laughs) No, you know a thing is only beginning in the case of ghosting. Yeah, well, ghosting is a relatively new term. Um, I definitely have always known this phenomenon by the term slow fade. It's something that dude roommate and I used to talk about all the time when he was on dating sites and would go out with like 70 women at the same time, a a couple of times each. And I mean, that creates so many bad situations like mixing up names. Um, But it also left him feeling not entitled, but feeling like, well, it only makes sense that I'll just disappear. Yeah, the whole intentional avoidance of saying goodbye. Right. Um, but even though, yeah, we've had different words for it, obviously, for a long time, because it's not like we just we millennials just woke up and started abandoning things left and right. Um, but if you look at Google interests in, in the term search term ghosting, it peaked in July 2015, possibly related to its New York Times coverage um, because Jezebel, the site Jezebel, 
describe Charlize Theron ghosting Sean Penn. And the New York Times was like, wait, what? What is this ghosting thing? (laughs) So they did a whole article, a trend piece on ghosting, and then received an overwhelming response from readers sharing their own ghosting stories, being on both sides of the ghosting equation. Well, yeah, because this happens to everyone in some context or another, in some time or another. And whatever the social phenomenon is, once you see a word put to it, of course, it's like comforting that your experience, whether you're the ghost er or the ghost e, it's validating. And so, yeah, all of these people came out of the woodwork or the New York Times comment board work to connect and share their stories about it. I mean, there were there was such an overwhelming response that they ended up publishing a follow up. Um, looking at some of the more heartbreaking experiences. And the New York Times defined ghosting as, quote, ending a romantic relationship by cutting off all contact and ignoring the former partner's attempts to reach out. And ghosting can be a so harsh, but we will get to that later on. But not just in <laughs> birthday party context. Caroline and I have our own dating ghosting experiences as well. Yeah, I would say that, um, you know, similarly to dude roommates experiences, when I was on dating websites, I would also, it was sort of the first, well, no, that's a lie, uh, cause college. Um, but it was the first time in my adult post college life that I would ghost people because I was going on all these dates and being like, we obviously have no spark or whatever. And so I just wouldn't return texts or calls. And it's sort of like almost the unspoken method of online dating now, I feel like. But I will say that if there were people that I'd been on numerous dates with or hung out with for a while, I did finally work up the courage to be like, actually, you know, I don't think we're hitting it off. And for the most part, I received a positive response from people being like, oh, cool. Yeah. Like, thanks for telling me like this sucks. But, you know, thanks. Um, My previous serious relationship before I was dating my boyfriend Ended on a super, super, super sour, awful, bad note. Um, he basically said some really terrible things to me, including that I was fat. And um, we'd been dating for a year and a half. And I just like something when he said that awful stuff, like something clicked in my brain. And I just said it to myself, like, oh, you don't have to deal with this. You don't. There's no reason that you have to put up with this person's crap. So I basically told him it was over. We had... You know, one or two follow up conversations where he was, you know, begging for me to take him back and all of this stuff. And there were so many bad circumstances and like, you know, emotionally terrible things happening around the breakup. Uh, but yeah, and then I just so I just blocked him on everything, blocked him on social media, blocked him on my phone. Um, yeah, it's sometimes necessary. Yeah. In those contexts, I think ghosting can be really healthy. Mm-hmm. And helpful for us to jumpstart our healing process from relationships. Um, I will share the, the flip side of <laughs> the, the ghosting experience. Uh, cause I've been ghosted so hard, uh, a few times actually. <laughs> Fool me once or five <laughs> times. Still shame on me. Um, so in college, the first time I was ghosted super hard was in college. But I really liked this guy and it was, but it was the kind of thing where, uh, we were hookup buddies and we would see each other just like randomly out, but we would have a great time when we were together. And I was, 
I was young. And so I assumed that that meant lots of things. Um, and it kind of started, though, getting more uh, regular where it seemed like, OK, this guy who was older, who was older, I should note, I think that played a role, um, wanted to date. Mm-hmm. And so he started coming over to my house like at a proper hour and even brought his dog once where I was like, oh, my God, I guess this is my boyfriend. A dog's here. <laughs> he gave me a DVD, a foreign film DVD, no less. <laughs> So, I mean, we were practically engaged, Caroline. College. Oh, God, you know? I miss it sometimes. I think I still had a Weezer poster on my wall. But um, <clears throat> he <laughs> he got up one morning and said, hey, do you want to go see ATL? I'm aging myself. Do you want to go see ATL at the dollar movie? And I was like, of course I do. That sounds amazing. And he was like, cool. I'll call you. Let's go on like Thursday or whatever. I was like, okay, I'm so in love. And he left and he never called me again. Wow. He never called me again. That's so sketch. It's one thing to be like, hey, I'll see you around. And then, but to make a plan? Well, the awkward thing is that he, uh, since moved to, uh, has since moved to Atlanta. Oh, great. <laughs> so that ghost haunts me from time to time. Oh, yeah. No, I am. Um, I, Dated a guy after, uh, like, I, I was in a serious relationship after college. We broke up. I started kind of similar deal to you and that guy. Kind of started, quote unquote, seeing someone. Um, and he was maybe not the best person and maybe not in search of a relationship. Whereas I was like in weird, like desperate, heartbroken mode and was just looking to sink my claws into anybody. Oh, I've never been there, Caroline. <laughs> and he ghosted. Granted, normal behavior, I understand it. However, we had been hanging out for quite a while at this point. And so when he ghosted, I was really confused and sort of like, uh, I'll say a little upset about it because it's not like we had just been on three dates. We'd been hanging out for a little while. And I became I became that person. Oh, no. Yeah. I became the person who was like constantly like texting because... In my head, I had fooled myself into thinking, well, clearly there's like got to be a reason. Like he works all the time and he works way different hours than I do because I worked at the newspaper at the time. So I worked like crazy hours, you know, like he's probably busy. He like does all of this extracurricular volunteering stuff like whatever, like maybe that's why. And so many like terrible, embarrassing texts ensued. I finally got the hint. And he ended up like sending me a Facebook message months and months later apologizing. So weird. When the ghosts come back and try to resurrect themselves. Yeah. I, I don't appreciate that. Yeah. There's no need. It's like if you're going to ghost, ghost hard. But we'll get to that. But I I think that that's more. Well, not in this guy's case, but I've had it happen where ghosts have come back. And I think sometimes it can be testing to see if you're still on the roster. Oh, yeah. Anywho. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into the, <laughs> when, when ghosts continue to haunt us. Um, but I did want to note that even though our whole language of ghosting today frames it as this new phenomenon, it's all blamed on technology and dating apps and, and sort of the paradox of choice where why would we settle with one person when we can just get on Tinder and choose other people? Um, so we're ghosting left and right because we all have romantic ADD, essentially. But 
Abandoning relationships is a heartbreaking tale as old as time. I mean, there is that trope of going to the store. I went out for cigarettes. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the variations of getting cold feet, of runaway brides. Um, and it does still happen IRL. Uh, for instance, in 2014, a woman named Kathy Meyer recounted her husband saying, I think it was on a Sunday, they were about to go to church. And he said, you know what, I'm, I'm going to go out for a Coke. And he never came back. He never came back. Imagine, and I, I feel so bad for Kathy Meyer, although judging by her story, you shouldn't feel bad for her because she ended up having a very great experience in life after that. Um, but imagine what must be going through the head of the spouse who does that, like who leaves, like leaves all of their stuff. Just leave your spouse like that. Yeah, I, I can't imagine it. And um, I uh, went through a John Updike phase uh, reading and I was reading Rabbit Run, which is all about this protagonist rabbit. And he he runs, essentially. He is like the ultimate re- relationship abandoner. Um, and it was so ironic that I was reading this book at the time, like years ago now, because um, I was in the process of of my then rabbit running on me. And as it was dawning on me, what was happening in my relationship and how this guy suddenly out of nowhere just disappeared and was not texting me back, even though we were legitimately in a relationship. I wasn't just pretending that since I'd met his dog, things, <laughs> things were serious. Um, I you know, had all this time on my hands and I would lay in the park because it was spring reading this book about this guy doing the exact same thing. And it was it was almost too much to handle because I just wanted to pretend that, oh, this is just fiction. This isn't really my life. Oh, yeah, uh, maybe not quite as highbrow, but at the same time that I was being ghosted by that guy who later apologized. But by that guy, um, I saw the movie. He's just not that into you. And at the end of the movie, all my friends were like, yeah, it was all right. You know, it's a good movie or whatever. And I was just pissed. My oh, no. face, my friends were like, what? You didn't want to believe what was what happening? What is wrong with you? Well, because at that point I knew and I'd accepted it and was whatever, hated the guy. But I was just like, I was being basically force fed this experience over and over again by watching that movie. Oof. <laughs> Too soon. Well, Caroline, the, the comforting thing is that it's not just you and me <laughs> oh, good. that this has happened to. Um, in October 2014, uh, a poll co-sponsored by YouGov and Huffington Post found that 13% of respondents said that they had been ghosted and 11% of respondents said that they had ghosted. Um, which not a, not a ton of people, but still a, a decent amount. Yeah. But if we look at men versus women, um, Elle magazine conducted its own survey in 2014 and found that more people, at least among its readership, I guess, um, had experienced ghosting and there were some slight gender differences. Yeah. In their survey, 26% of women and 13% of men respondents said that they'd only been ghosted. They'd been the ones ghosted. And then 24% of women and 16% of men said that they'd only been the ghoster. They had ghosted someone but not experienced it in return. Then 33% of men and 25% of women said that they had both been ghosted and ghosted someone else. So... 
in this maybe not quite scientific study, it really doesn't seem like it's a particularly gendered behavior. You know, we tend to think men are the ghosters because, oh, you know, men, they're afraid of commitment and all they want is sex, sex, sex. And women are the poor victims who are always left behind. But I mean... I've been on both sides for Absolutely. sure. Absolutely, yeah. I, I mean, and I've pulled my share of slow fades as well. Um, but this Elle magazine uh, survey result was surprising to author Peg Streep that they talked to. Uh, she wrote, "Mastering the art of quitting, why it matters in life, love, and work." Um, and she had predicted that dudes uh, would be likelier to ghost since they're socialized to not show their emotions. And don't have as much trouble cutting off contact. Whereas, as you just mentioned, uh, ladies and their emotions tend to want some closure. But, uh, you know, I, I, I kind of roll my eyes at that because it's, it's human. It's not male or female. It's human to want closure. And, you know, whether this is this ghosting phenomenon is because of social media or human nature just being fearful of conflict, you know, it's going to be both men and women doing it. Well, and I think, too, that it's harder to make a generalization like that because there is a spectrum of ghosting, because you can technically ghost someone when you're still only in the phase of texting each other. You yeah. like met on Tinder and you're just doing the preliminary text and someone ghosts from that all the way to ghosting on a long term relationship. You go yeah. out for cigarettes and never see your kids again. <laughs> um, but all of this did remind me uh, in terms of our uh, gender stereotypes about ghosting. It reminded me of a dude who commented on the stuff mom never told you video I made about ghosting and posted on our Facebook page saying, ladies, you just need to get over yourselves. What? I was like, oh, what? Because I guess he assumed that only that I was just complaining as a woman about only men ghosting. So that was that was kind of uh, it was just an, an odd a way to interpret that. I feel that a lot of things can be oddly interpreted <laughs> on Facebook, but, it's you true. know. Um, but regardless of who's doing the ghosting, it is often criticized as cowardly and cruel. Ghosting has a bad reputation. Yeah, and we will talk more about that bad reputation when we come right back from a quick break. So, Kristen and listeners, my parents have all of these old film reels of family videos, things that are priceless and precious, but I can't watch them. Because they are dusty old film reels and they need so desperately not only to be digitized, but to be preserved. So I was super excited to get my Legacy Box in the mail. Legacy Box is this great company based in Chattanooga, Tennessee, that will help you preserve any format of outdated memories. Everything from VHS tapes to Super 8 films so that you can relive those memories again and again. Legacy Box will send you a kit that you can fill with any formats in your collection, then you send it back prepaid. And the Legacy Box Kit includes a guide, round-trip shipping, a crush-proof box, and a personal concierge so you can talk to an expert at any time. And then, in a few weeks, Caroline, you'll receive your original film reels back along with DVDs and digital files ready to share 
and enjoy. So listeners, if this sounds like something up your alley, you can head on over to LegacyBox.com slash MomStuff. And I recommend you do it quickly because we've got a fantastic deal to offer you. Well, you guys should head on over to LegacyBox.com and use the code MomStuff to get 40% off that first amazing order. And I'm just saying, Mother's Day, Father's Day, that's a great present. Yeah. So head on over to LegacyBox.com slash MomStuff and start preserving your memories today. And now back to the show. So regardless of who's doing the ghosting and regardless of whether this is a phenomenon that is recent or as old as relationship time, Relationship expert Esther Perel blames what we think of as this rise of ghosting on the societal decline of empathy, which like those words send a chill down my spine because we've read about a so-called decline in empathy in other topics that we've discussed, especially when it relates to social media and mobile devices. And we're not talking to each other over the dinner table as much. And it does like no matter who you are, how old you are, it kind of instills this fear of like, oh, my God, is our society going to crumble? Maybe so. Over ghosting? We're just all going to become ghosts. I mean, she is, Perel is very much an advocate of the more direct closure because as she wisely notes, quote, inaction has causality. Sure. And this really rings true probably for anyone who has experienced ghosting because when people don't return your texts, your instant messages, your calls, you don't just go about your day a lot of times. You sit there and you start mentally filling in a narrative. You're like, oh, you know what? They must be doing this. So they must be doing that. Or it's because I did this. Oh, or I did that. Mm-hmm. And you start to develop your own reason why oh, sure. they couldn't possibly have texted back. Oh, they probably just forgot their phone. Or maybe their phone's dead. Yeah. Well, imagine, I mean, like it was bad when my boyfriend and I first started dating each other. Uh, you know, that early stage in a relationship where... You're committed, you're together, but it's still so new. And so, like, if he was working or something and wouldn't get back to me within an hour, you start being like, oh, my God. I said, I must have said something. I'm, I must, oh, what did I do? Oh, God, is he mad at me? And then you get resentful and upset. So if that's in the context of a loving relationship where you're, like, committed to each other, I would like you to exercise some empathy that you might have and imagine the effect it could have When you don't have an established relationship. Oh, yeah. I mean, I was pretty bad about that uh, when I was single to the point that um, I just to just to calm my mind, if I would text someone, if I was initiated a text to someone that I really liked, that was really cute, I would send the text and then hide my phone (sighs) and not check it for like a couple hours. That's smart. Yeah. And that way, too, if they did text back immediately, I seem pretty cool and laid back. (laughs) Didn't overthink it at all. No, certainly not. But Perel also notes how there is a spectrum of ghosting, not only in the sense of the time that you've invested in this relationship in quotes, whether it's a few texts or a few years or more, but how there's the ghosting where you just like up and leave. But there's also 
the slow fade. And this is referred to as icing, where you just kind of like put someone on ice. You're not exactly up and leaving, but you're just sort of trying to kind of get them to go, get a hint so that they'll leave on their own. Yeah, like maybe you keep putting off plans Ugh. and things like that. And she says that the slow fade is the cruelest because it leaves that other person in a state of stable ambiguity. Yeah. And I can so relate to it, but I've also pulled the slow fade and... Uh, reading this made me uh, feel real bad about it because it really does foster false hope Mm -hmm. and provokes insecurity because it's like you might respond to someone texting you. How's it going? Okay, well, there's no commitment here. So, oh, I'm fine. And then the person's like, oh, great. We're still texting. And so they text you want to hang out tonight. And then suddenly, of course, you disappear. Yeah. But you're still there. They're still hanging on. Yeah. Or, I mean, you know, in the case of my serious relationship right after college, um, I inadvertently fostered a bunch of anxiety in my boyfriend because, A, it was a long-distance relationship, which is hard anyway. But, B, I was still a pretty big commitment phobe at the time, and he just had all of this anxiety and rightfully so that I kind of didn't want to be in a relationship. And so he was the one who was like, so I feel like you're pulling away. And I was like, you know, yeah. And I hate it. I hate thinking back that it had to be him confronting me about my own failing. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, that's just how it went. I'm a little more mature now. I was guilty of that as well with one relationship. Um, I really like, though, going back to Perel, how she refers to the direct closure um, tactic as power parting, which reminded me of uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's conscious uncoupling. Mm. Um, and obviously, quote unquote, power parting is the most mature way to end something. Um, and she she offers some tips that instead of ghosting, you could employ your power parting skills to say something like, you know, thank you for what I've experienced with you. Uh, this is what I wish for you henceforward, which I don't know. I don't know if hence is maybe henceforth. henceforward. Um, although maybe if you say henceforward in a text to someone, they're like, okay, yeah, I don't think this will work out anyway. <laughs> this is fine. I'll take a sting out of it. Um, but it is understandable that in today's kind of micro dating economy where those quote unquote relationships can begin and end on text, it's easy to convince ourselves that it's not necessary to send a henceforth power parting message because you're just like, you know what? This is this is disposable. Mm-hmm. And I have witnessed some of my girlfriends who are on Tinder go through that of the rise and quick demise of a text only relationship where they can't even get to the in-person date, which I think also speaks to rules that some psychologists have developed of you should, you shouldn't text more than X number of times before you meet or else you might just never meet in person. Yeah. I remember one like pseudo relationship that dude roommate went through where he actually did not meet this woman online. He met her quote unquote, met her through friends and they exchanged emails. We literally because we had nicknames for each other's like dating partners who didn't become relationships. So we called her email girl and he literally exchanged emails like intense, long emails with this woman for weeks. And then I think they finally met and it was like, 
Well, because then it's weird because you know so much about the person, but you literally have never even shaken hands. Okay, so there is a psychological term for that phenomenon, and I wish I could remember it off the top of my head, but it is verified in research. And I know I'm getting a little bit off topic, but it's really fascinating where in it is dangerous to engage in that kind of um, non face to face contact for too long yeah. because you build up this idea of the other person. And it kind of ma- makes them a bit loftier than mm-hmm. they really are. And then when you finally meet, usually, more often than not, it is a little bit of a dud. Because you're like, oh, but we had all of this. <laughs> oh, wait. Yeah. You're actually like this. Well, to bring it full circle, I do believe he ghosted. He ghosted it. Yeah. Hmm. Man. Twice. Um, twice. Oh. Yeah. He ghosted email girl twice? Yeah, because then they came back to, and then, yeah. Oh. Dude roommate. Oh, the webs we weave. Um, <laughs> but, but ghosting has its defenders. Uh, because, of course, there are so many pieces about, like, ghosting is the worst, but there are just as many in defense of ghosting. Uh, admittedly clickbaity blog posts across the internet. Of course, there's even an Atlantic think piece about it. I mean, is there anything that doesn't have an Atlantic think piece about it at this point? <laughs> it's one of my favorite things on the internet. Um, but one of the better ones is from 2013 over at Slate, where Amanda Hess claims that unless you are in an established relationship, that ghosting is better than the slow fade, which is better than directly ending things. Yeah, she basically says you should know better that because you've established with this other person a rhythm of communication, you should know that when that rhythm is upset, something is going on. And, you know, ask yourself, are you the only one who's initiating texts? Does it take them forever to respond? Are they wishy-washy? Like, pay attention, because if these things are true, then the other person might not be that into it. And she says that the only reason that we resent ghosting is because we were hoping for a different outcome. Well, of course, of course. And I think the danger, I don't disagree with her, but I think that danger zone is when your your brain tricks itself so easily into thinking, well, like, but things are things were fine. And then now they're not. And so surely, like, this is just a blip. And like, They still want to talk to me, but they must be busy. And she also wrote something that jumped out to me about how, quote unquote, closure is not as useful as we might think it is. Because as she writes, the vast majority of explanatory breakup texts are just more lies shot out into the cloud in an effort to protect us from the statistical reality. Few casual flings materialize into lasting romantic relationships, and there's no particular reason why that's the case. And that's some real talk. That is some real talk. Yeah. When she said that, I was like, yeah, that's right. Because even if even if you were literally breaking up face to face and you say, you know, but I hope we can still be friends. No, you don't. Nope. Uh, You know, you're a great person. Well, clearly not that great. Yeah. You know, like just, yeah, save it. Just save it. And and so I I can understand and re- and respect that. Uh but she does say like if you're going to ghost, you better ghost hard. You better not like come crawling back like we mentioned earlier like don't ghost. And then oh, I don't know, several months later when the person has started dating someone else, send them a Facebook message telling them how much they kick ass and they're so awesome. No, that's a way to get yourself sent to Facebook block town. Yeah. Yeah, I agree that if you're going to ghost, you got to ghost hard. Do it. I think that that's like way less cruel than coming back, because to me, if you ghost on someone and then you come back, 
that just says that you like don't entirely respect that other person because yeah. you left them on the back burner, went to check out some other options probably, and when those things fell through, you're like, oh, I got old reliable back here. Ooh, <laughs> here I come. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. I mean, there are situations when someone needs to ghost a relationship, perhaps because they have stuff going on in their personal lives. They need to work it out. They need to be with themselves and do them for a while. And I completely respect that. Yeah. But I think that there's a way to handle that in a way that you aren't stringing a person along. You can be honest. You can have what is it? A power close. Mm -hmm. Um, And. You aren't just confusing matters more for that other person in the meantime. Or because Esther Perel also pointed out that the power close is also a way to help stave off that resentment, that like almost hatred that can come up when someone's been ghosted. Because you do feel like I've been tricked. I've been duped. You're getting away with something. Um, you know, and, and so as much as it's understandable that that can be a really difficult conversation for both sides, both parties. Perhaps it is a sign of maturity to yeah. be able to tell the person like, hey, you know, you're great. You're cool. It's just not my thing. Not going to happen. And you know what? If you are on the receiving end of a power close, I recommend you turn around, put on some power clothes and get back to it. Yeah. Just put on a blazer with a strong shoulder and you'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah. You'll feel great. But we would also be remiss to not mention that there is a more serious side of ghosting that probably deserves the same kind of media attention to the whole ghosting in the context of just not texting back after the third date. Because uh, when I was researching for this episode, I ended up on a really intense Reddit thread mm-hmm. about ghosting. And it consisted largely of people's stories about, quote unquote, ghosting abusive home lives and relationships. This is a big deal. This is a big deal that I don't think should be clumped in with like, oh, we went on some dates and then he didn't call me back. Like, this is a huge deal for people who are escaping abusive relationships. Like, you have to be able to safely cut off contact, get yourself to a safe place, you know, make sure that you're not... uh followed or tracked or stalked or anything like that. Like there are so many horrible, dangerous situations that people need to be able to extricate themselves from that are so much different from the conversation of just dating. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, like we could use more resources for those kinds of destructive situations when it is imperative that you quote unquote ghost. Because yeah. you have to disappear. That's the only way that you can remain safe. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> kind of a, a downer note to end it on. But I think one that is really important that we mention as well, because there are, you know, those scenarios are, are so real. And it's not just ghosting from, uh, you know, romantic relationships, but also a lot of stories about people, you know, needing to leave uh, abusive parents and other family members. Um, so... I really hope that um, if that is resonating with you, um, that there are resources available for you and that you've been able to find help. And if you need any direction to some resources, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. And we'd also be interested to hear from our listeners who are in same-sex relationships. You know, we mentioned earlier in the podcast that this is not so much a man thing or a woman thing as it tends to be just a person who's afraid of conflict thing. 
So I am interested to hear from our listeners in all types of relationships. If you've experienced ghosting, if you've been the ghoster and, you know, what happened? Yeah, I mean, because according to our somewhat debunked stereotypes, guys in same sex relationships would probably ghost the most, whereas women in same sex relationships would have more power partings. Yeah. But or power parties. I don't know. <laughs> but we want to hear your ghosting stories because I know y'all got them. Momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com is where you can send your emails. You can also tweet us at MomStuffPodcast or message us on Facebook. And we've got a couple of messages to share with you. And we come right back from a quick break. here from Vanessa that's referring back to an episode in our archive and she says uh, that ever since your best of 2015 retrospective I've been making my way through your last year's episodes and recently I stumbled upon your Stargazers two-parter. I found these two episodes particularly interesting because I was at one time an aspiring lady astronomer myself. I studied physics and astronomy at a well-esteemed liberal arts college in the Northeast, completed a prestigious summer research internship, and graduated with high honors. And then promptly talked myself out of a career in astronomy. What? Looking back, I think this was due in large part to a dearth of role models in the field. The overwhelming majority of professors in my STEM classes were male, and, as you noted, even the rock stars of science communication tend to be men. Moreover, astronomy seems to be particularly unkind to women, a fact that has been thrust into the public eye lately amidst multiple charges of sexual harassment at prestigious universities. At the tender age of 22, after years and years of full-time schooling, I simply wasn't prepared to embark upon the uphill battle I knew I would face if I were to continue along in academia. Ultimately, I did find a way to incorporate my love of the cosmos as a science writer for a popular astronomy e-zine and currently make my bread and butter doing communications for an academic research institute. I do still toy with the idea of continuing my schooling in astronomy. As more and more women in STEM make significant inroads in the academic community, I feel more and more strongly that I'd like to be one of those women who makes entrance into the sciences easier for the next generation. Your podcast has inspired me to start thinking seriously about the next steps in my career and the ways that I might be able to become the kind of role model that I wish I had had access to years ago. Thank you for being such fantastic role models yourselves and for highlighting so many powerful, inspiring women every week. Keep up the amazing work. Thank you, Vanessa. And you keep up your work, too. Well, I have an older email here as well from Jill in reference to our podcast on anxiety. And she wrote, I've been an avid listener of your podcast for years, but this is the first time I decided I just had to write you. Thank you so much for your podcast on anxiety. To say that it hit home would be an understatement. I'm a 36-year-old woman who's been battling for several years with depression and anxiety, and so many of the points you made were exactly what I grapple with. Anxiety hangover? Check. Worsened anxiety during the first week of the menstrual cycle? Check. But this was the first time I'd ever heard anyone, including the doctors and therapists I'd seen over the years, say so. I'd been feeling so alone and just assuming I was broken that there was something wrong with me. Why can't I just be happy? You two gave me hope. The closest thing to a diagnosis I had was long-term postpartum depression. But the double guilt factor of both feeling like having my child caused me to slide down the dark side and feeling like a terrible mother have made dealing with all of this even more challenging. I tried to do the math to see if I could tell you both how many women are just like me who heard your podcast and felt acknowledged because I know there are more of me now thanks to you. 
Needless to say, I'm grateful and adore you both for years of joy and information you've given me. Thanks to you with all my heart, Jill. Well, thank you, Jill. That means so much that you would take the time to write us. And we're just so thrilled to know that the podcast has been a resource for you. So, dear listeners, we want to keep hearing from you as well. MomStuffAtHowStuffWorks.com is our email address. And for links to all of our social media, as well as all of our blogs, videos, and podcasts with our sources, so you can learn more about ghosting, head on over to StuffMomNeverToldYou.com. For more on this and thousands of other topics, visit HowStuffWorks.com. Thank you.